Welcome to Rock Your Life. This is a weekly show about finding your inner rock star, overcoming fear, getting better, and transforming your life into something more amazing than you ever dreamed. I'm your host, Amy Edwards. I'm a musician, author, radio host, podcaster, DJ mom, and transformational expert and coach. I'm all about rocking life. And you may ask, what qualifies me to talk about this? Well, I took up music, rock and roll music, and learned the guitar and began to sing around the age of 40. I'm 47 now. I wrote, recorded, and released albums and numerous singles in the last few years. And doing this pushed me to learn a lot about overcoming fear through getting on stage, dealing with failure in my 40s, setting goals and building habits and embracing true vulnerability. I walk the walk of what I talk in these. I push myself out of my comfort zone regularly. And while it's hard, it gets easier the more it happens. And all of this has pushed me to awaken in my own spiritual life. And that's something that I can't and won't stop working on. I feel called to share all that I've learned and am learning with others who want to go to the next level in their lives, because I certainly do. So if you're interested in stepping into the spotlight more in your own life and getting past obstacles and fear, that's what we're pursuing here. We have practical advice for your daily life, for achieving goals, for habit building, and for branding, just for becoming better in every way possible, because I want us all to get better together. The show is an hour long, divided into four segments with a focus each week. This week, our focus is charisma. First, I talk about the week's topic and what I have learned. Next, there's an interview, and today we're going to talk to Baron Cruz. Baron has a very popular YouTube channel called The Charisma Matrix, and he's been studying and working on charisma for nearly a decade. Our third segment is our affirmation segment called Go Aff Yourself with the founder of stickwithit.co, Jill Faulkner. Affirmations are important to me and saying them out loud matters. So we choose one to work on every week. And fourth is our Build Your Brand segment in which I'm joined by my collaborative partner, Bijou Finney. She is a certified brand consultant and the co-owner of Velvet Cartel Content Creation. Bijou and I discuss how the week's subject relates to your brand and we cover practical tips and strategies to build your business and take charge of your habits. And know this, I can vouch that when you really show up to do the work on the topics we discuss on this show, be ready. The universe will show you what you need to learn and grow. And growth can be painful, but remember, it's a good thing. We're rocking life, and that's just part of it. So let's get going. Let's rock some charisma. Charisma. I had two big things come up this week as I immersed myself in the concept of charisma. But let me just also say, just thinking about it kind of confused me. We get into defining it more clearly and understanding the concept, especially with Baron in the interview today, which I really enjoyed and I hope you will too. So the things that came up, one, I had these interesting conversations around the subject and I understood more what I did already know, the part about charisma that I already knew, that it is an attribute that we can work on and get better at like so many of them. And I know that it's something that I continually work on. I watch these videos. I watch things like what Baron puts out. I watch Charisma on Command. I'm into it. It is a skill that we can improve. Thank God, right? Uh, I think so many times we think people, oh, just have a natural charisma. And I'm not saying that some people don't. I'm sure they do. But for me, and maybe you, maybe it's something that we can improve. And even those with like, quote, natural charisma, I'm sure can stand to sharpen their skills every so often, right? So if it's a skill that we can improve, that's great. But I started to wonder about myself and improving it. And it became very apparent to me this week that I have something else going on in my head. It's called rumination. Have you heard of this? 
I had not heard of it until a few weeks ago when listening to the book Indistractable by Nirayal that Bijou has recommended several times. It's great. He mentions ruminating thoughts. And when he talked about it, I knew that this is something that I have issues with. Rumination is repetitive thoughts. And I found this definition from an article in Psychology Today by Margaret Werenberg. Okay, here it is. Quote, rumination is one of the similarities between anxiety and depression. Ruminating is simply repetitively going over a thought or a problem without completion. When people are depressed, the themes of rumination are typically about being inadequate or worthless. Yeah, that's me. Uh, My mind clings incessantly to thoughts or replaying situations that make me feel terrible, that deteriorate my value and make me feel worthless. That is like my struggle in a nutshell. Days after I heard this term in that book, I went to the year anniversary of a clinic that I had been invited to by a mutual friend of the woman who runs the clinic, Ali Waddell. The clinic is a ketamine therapy clinic called Illuma here in Austin. And I met Allie. She was just a bright, shining light. So lovely. And she was telling me about what ketamine treats, which is basically every type of mental illness. And while she was listing them off, she said rumination. Well, I mean, I instantly liked her and I'm going to interview her for this show down the road. But I knew that I had to try the ketamine therapy if I was going to speak about it with her down the road and really understand it. So I was like, sign me up because <laughs> you, I just sign up for things and jump in and do them. So I was really curious though, personally about that rumination part of it. I, I didn't even really fully understand what was going on with me and in my head, but I knew that I had to try it. And I'm a big believer that things come my way for a reason. And so I just tend to say yes. And as I, as I thought about that, the rumination part in relation to charisma, I started to wonder, how can we really embrace the true work on these things when we're weighed down by our own thoughts? Whether it's depression, anxiety, OCD, PTSD, and or rumination, like I was realizing I have. How can I truly do this stuff like charisma if I am spending so much of my thought energy and my time on these repetitive thoughts? So we'll get back to that in a minute, but I want to address real quick what else came up for me this week. The second thing was the affirmation. The aff we chose this week made me very uncomfortable. It is, I inspire others. It made me uncomfortable every time I saw it, because I keep the week's affirmation on my altar every time I said it, but that's only part of the thing here. The other thing is that I began to suspect that I like affirmations because they are ruminations in the positive. I am attempting to replace the negative thought loops with positive ones. And I'm so embarrassed to admit this, but I'm going to anyway, because what is the point of doing this if I don't get real about stuff? So let me take a deep breath and say this. I was waking up in the morning and having immediate ruminating thoughts and not the good kind. My brain goes to the worst feelings and things that I can have and brings them up fast. If I look back, I can see myself doing it over and over and these loops produce emotions that feed them and they end up like validating one another. I think about something that's happened that produced an emotion and then I fall into this emotion thought loop. And I hate to say it, but I think I kind of liked it because it was comfortable thinking the new, like I inspire others that made me so uncomfortable and I was refusing to believe it. Why why would I want to go there when I can stay in this comfortable spot of this loop and know the truth about my value? 
the quote unquote truth. So instead I went, you know, right back to that, right back to my latest bone to gnaw on, which was most recently that conversation I've mentioned before in some previous episodes when someone that I really cared about said something awful to me and hung up on me. Y'all, I've replayed that in my head too many times daily, and I'm so embarrassed to admit it, but I let that validate my feelings that I already had about my self-worth. It's like my brain just wanted to find anything that did that. My self-worth and self-esteem and self-love and my trust in myself, those are my big issues. I felt devalued in that situation and thus I have no value. I was right all along. And now I'm supposed to say I inspire others and study charisma with this continually weighing me down. And please let me add that this is just the same song, different verse. I did it the last time I got my heart broken. I did it in my last marriage, the one before that. It's happened with friendships. I can think of three off the top of my head. This is what I do. I did it with my music career too. Same thing. My good friend, Knack, and I have a joke about it. We say, oh, let's pull that carcass out and beat it some more. Like whatever it is that is the latest thing that we're ruminating on. How many times do we do that? Spend time in this familiar negative space, just ruminating, just rehashing it. Okay, so back to the ketamine clinic. I signed up to go. They had an opening that was in like two days. So I went this week. It's administered via IV. It is a legal, closely medically monitored treatment that lasts about an hour. And it is, yes, a dissociative psychedelic. I was scared but I did it anyway. And I'm pretty sure it has changed my life. The next day I woke up and I didn't wake up to those thoughts and those ruminations. Instead, I had different ones. Today, it's been three days since I did it and I woke up smiling. I haven't replayed that conversation I mentioned earlier at all. In fact, I had totally new thoughts about my own value, thoughts that I'd never had before. I am so surprised. The ketamine therapy felt to me like a forced meditation, like it forced my brain to stop thinking and stop repeating, which apparently I needed. And all of a sudden, my mind just feels freer. Those comfortable tracks of thought seem to be gone, and I feel like my slate was just wiped off. The pathways I was on, they're just gone. At least I hope they are. And I guess I just had to tell you this on this episode because I feel more open to learn about these topics we discuss when I'm not weighed down by these ruminations and these loops. And I just want to be really candid and open and honest about how hard it's been for me to get here. I don't want anyone to think for a second this is something that all comes easy. It's something I have to work on. And that's probably why you're listening right here because you're like, I know there's stuff I got to work on. What is it? This is just what I struggle with. I don't know why. But I feel like I cling to affirmations to counteract this tendency. Or maybe that's not the right word. Maybe it's to move this habit to the positive rather than the negative. To use it for good rather than evil. (laughs) Which brings me to charisma. I think that the self-work is a crucial component to the connection and attention that charisma requires. And charisma can be a beautiful thing. So let's start talking about it. I had such a great convo with Baron Cruz of the Charisma Matrix. He has over a quarter of a million subscribers and for good reason. He gets down to the nuances that we can tune into to experiment with and find our own brand of charisma and our own flow with it. It's not a one size fits all kind of thing, but there are specific strategies that we can work on. Jill and I talked a bit about the dark side of charisma with cult leaders. We discussed why we care about the trait at all. And our affirmation, I inspire others, did make me uncomfortable. 
But you know what? I came a long way with it this week and I can say it much more confidently now. I inspire others. <laughs> There's a little bit of something in there as I say it. But anyway, listen to me in real time trying to say it. I have a lot of angst. I hope you will try it out this week because you do inspire others. I know you do. Bijou and I had a lot of fun in our conversation too, as we talked about the importance of charisma in our brand and business. And we discussed the role that humor plays in it and the idea of like, quote, turning on the charm, high vibes, charisma, and confidence too. All incredible convos. And I learned a ton from doing this episode and spending a week in this space. I hope you will too. I hope you'll say that affirmation too. Let's get going with Baron Cruz of the Charisma Matrix. Millions of followers <laughs> on Instagram. Um, all right, so we're going to jump right in. All right. I'm sitting here with Baron Cruz of the Charisma Matrix. Hello. Hello. God, your voice. I mean, really. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate I mean, have that. you? do you work on your voice? What well, do you actually, do? in the Charisma Matrix, I teach social skills and vocal power. And I know you do, but what was your voice like before? You know, if you go back and listen to some of my first YouTube videos, it's pretty embarrassing. I leave them up so people can kind of see that as a mm-hmm. reference. But it's not. It's not good. Do you watch them back and you're like, oh, God, dude, I'm like, every on. time I watch them, I'm like, I got to take this down. I'm like, no, just drop your ego and leave it up. That's good. You should because I think that evolution is important. We have to appreciate where we came from. To I mean, we have to remember where we came from to appreciate where we are a lot of times. And people like to see that. I think that resonates yeah. when you grow. Yeah, because if people were like, oh, this guy always had this voice. And like, I can't mm. learn from him. It's like, go look at this five years ago. And they're like, oh, I can't learn from that <laughs> That's so good. That's good. Mm-hmm. Really good. Well, um, today we're talking, I'm into voice, I'm super into it. But we're talking charisma today. And um, I have so many questions. So let's see if we can tackle this in 15 minutes. I'm sure we cannot, but we're going to try. All right. So um, when when I met you, I was I just instantly was like, into the fact that you are into charisma because I'll watch charisma channels. I'm fascinated by this nebulous aspect of charisma and like what it is. So like, what do you tell people when you define it? I think it really is. It's a lot of different things and to boil it down to one sentence is tough, but basically it's like, you know, people that they walk into a room and people just kind of turn. You can feel that energy. Why is everyone turning? He's not talking to anyone. He's not doing anything. You're just kind of drawn towards that. It's almost like a sixth sense. I thought I felt like that. Like when I was exploring what I thought it was, I was like, I feel like it's a vibe. It's an energy. And I mean, it's not just confidence. Why did you choose that to like build your world? around? I mean, essentially, yes, you teach the voice stuff too, but essentially your whole brand is around charisma. Like mm-hmm. why? Why did you choose that? I think when you look at personal development, it's one thing that can provide the biggest step change in the results that you get in life. And I'm not just talking about like dating and relationships and the workplace, if you're in business and sales, small incremental improvements in your social awareness and social skills and charisma render huge results that compound throughout the rest of your life. So when you teach someone something very small, that can have a huge impact in their overall satisfaction in life. And so that's exciting to me. When you help people, it's like you're almost planting a little seed or they'll see a little boost. And then as that continues to go and your confidence, when you get one of the things that I'm a real, real adamant about is your confidence is organic. So as you start to get positive reactions from other people that you never got before, maybe you try something with vocal projection and all of a sudden, you know, you're usually at Starbucks and people just kind of don't pay you any mind. And you go up this time and say, hey, good morning. How are you? I'd like this. And three of the employees look and kind of say, who is this guy? They sound really confident. You get that positive reaction. 
And then your subconscious organically increases your confidence. Like people always want to know, how do I increase my confidence? How do I not care what people think? Well, it's not as easy as that. Mm -hmm. But your subconscious actually helps you when you get positive reactions from the environment. So small changes that can create these small impacts. Now, your subconscious kind of gives you the freedom to act even more confidently. And then your confidence grows organically. So these little improvements kind of take off and take a life of their own. And so I love teaching people that to see kind of where they are five years from them, just in these little changes that started with little small things. Absolutely. But it's that pushing yourself out of your shell initially, though, that I think a lot of people can have a lot of trouble with, right? Because there's a vulnerability there and all that. Uh, And I mean, that's a little scary, but that's what I was exploring with it. Like there is uh, a, a, a real vulnerable aspect to it. And Bijou and I got into that too. What was it? The vulnerability, like in our whole culture, it tells you like, like in school, what's the first thing to tell you? Keep it down, be quiet, don't be heard. So when we're taught to not project, you know, right. so many times when I coach people specifically on vocal tonality, like I just have a weak voice and you hear them talk and there's, it's like a, it's like a limiter on a motor that only allows you to go to 60 miles an hour. Cause your subconscious, I don't want to bother people in line. Let's go back to the Starbucks thing. Right. I don't want people to hear me. They're going to be bothered. But then somebody who has really high status, like a professional athlete, yeah. Do they care if someone hears their order at Starbucks? No, and that draws people in because they're projecting this confidence. It's hard to fake. So your subconscious can be like, don't be heard. Don't bother these people in line. They're going to hear what you say and think you're a dummy. But then when you realize, when you speak confidently, no, they not only hear you, but they assume all these positive, high-confident characteristics to you just by doing that. <laughs> just naturally, they're just like, oh, well, this must be this and this and this. Yes. That's nice. Yes. Okay, well, that said, I think that's easier for men and men are more conditioned to embrace that than women are like women we have so much more of that conditioning going on you know to not speak up and all that so how do you do you see a difference in like the charisma aspect between men and women and like what like what are your thoughts on that I think there is actually quite a bit of difference from that and on my YouTube channel I I get a lot of questions about this it's like 93 percent of my viewers are men so I'm, I feel much more qualified to speak on that. With women, it's just a little bit different. There's a lot of commonalities, like vocal power, vocal projection. There's just a little more finesse. With the look of the guy, there's very few occasions when it's not good to sound very confident. And, and women should sound confident, too. But, like, women don't necessarily want a deep, powerful voice all the time. No. And that's kind of what I teach. So with, with, with women, I think it's more about what you're projecting. Like, you can project confidence without having a deep, powerful voice. Right. That's one thing a lot of guys think is, like, how do I get this deep, booming voice? Well, yeah, cool to have that. But more importantly is what you're communicating with your voice. And there's so many people that have terrible voices, at men, yeah. like naturally yeah. high, squeaky voices. But when they talk, they still project confidence. And that's the most important thing is what you're communicating. So as a woman, you still want to project confidence, but you probably don't want to desire some deep, booming voice. Uh, no, definitely not. Did you watch? Did you watch the drop or listen to the dropout that podcast about uh, the woman that had Theranos? The, oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The Netflix and her special. voice. Yeah, how <laughs> fascinating. They, they did a Netflix special, and then there was like a podcast series about it too that was fascinating. But just like the changes she made in her voice to like try to be more accepted, so bizarre. It's bizarre. I was, as voice people, I was like. Totally fascinated by that aspect yeah. of it. it was because she deepened it. She talked like this. Like, yeah. <laughs> the first time you hear it, you're like, wait, that's a voiceover. Like, yeah. That's not her. It's so confusing. So yeah. anyway. Confusing um, is a good way to describe it. I agree. Yeah. Um, anyway, I was trying to think about what the opposite of charisma would be. Would it be like desperation? What would it be? I actually think it's unmemorable and forgettable. Oh, 
That's oh, that hurts, right? Yeah, that's the worst thing, right? If you just you're nobody, nobody even cares to hear what you Oof. have to say or be around. Just well, that makes my heart hurt. <laughs> that's like sad. And I you know. don't want to be that. I know, right? Yeah. Maybe that's it. Like charisma makes you memorable. Mm-hmm. It definitely does. Yeah. Oh, I, that really resonates with me. Um, what do you do to study it? Do you like? Do you test drive things on yourself, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. tell me about that? Big time. So I, I was actually very fortunate in that my parents, it was a nice combination of skill sets. So my mom was super outgoing and gregarious, like at the grocery store. She'd just talk to everybody. And then you just learn, you can talk to people. And people, if you go up confidently, want to talk to you. Like a lot of people like nowadays, like, oh, I don't want to bother them. That's like a big thing. You're not bothering them if you project high enough status that people are interested in what you're saying. You're yeah. someone worth talking to. My dad's introverted, but a phenomenal conversation. It's great vocabulary. So at a young age, I was kind of able to leverage both of those things. I was very lucky. And I saw at a young age the kind of advantages that afforded me, even in like sixth and seventh grade, like when you're going to like your, your friend's parents' house and stuff, the parents always wanted to talk to you and you got some preferential treatment. I was like, that's really, I'm lucky I had that, mm-hmm. but I don't want to lose that. And I like to leverage it. So it was that's that, that positive reinforcement you were talking about too. That's like slowly building over time. Right. So right. now I go up and talk to parents and I've gotten all this positive feedback and I'm the guy who speaks <laughs> to them like a peer. Everyone else is like, Mrs. Smith, are you making chocolate chip cookies today? And she's like, oh, little Johnny. And then Baron comes in like, oh, hey, you know, they treat you like an adult. Yeah. So absolutely. So I didn't want to lose that kind of advantage that I had. So I became very interesting, interested in studying it. Mm-hmm. But ironically, there's such a little amount of content teaching that. Like the only thing is like these crusty old textbooks. So they have like these sterile experiments. Well, John walked up to Susan at a 45 degree angle and stared at her in the <laughs> eyes for five seconds. And we found okay. this. Wait, it's, there's a charisma textbook? Not many. But the <laughs> okay. ones that are are Maybe like You should that. write one. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, there was such a lack of information on that. And so I kind of taught myself, and like you said, always going out, experimenting with things, seeing what works, see what doesn't work. And when you're really tuned into it, just because you're so interested in it, mm-hmm. like I am, that's how you really learn the nuances. And there's something to be said for just the more repetitions you have, the more interactions you have, the more you sense the nuances, and the more you have more situations you can kind of fill the dots in and expect other people to behave in a certain way. So it was kind of an advantage I had as a kid, and then just really paying a lot of attention to study it. And try things, you know, kind of in perpetuity. And you were learning from a woman, too. That's good. You were, like, seeing. Yeah, your yeah. mother. So that's oh, awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, I was going to tell you, yeah, I went down a rabbit hole with some of your Charisma Matrix videos. Mm. And I feel like I did pick up so many things that were nuances that you were mentioning that I don't even realize are happening in the moment. And to be consciously like aware of these things that can make our interactions so much stronger and so much better just in the moment. One in particular that I'm thinking of was uh, a video that you did uh, about approaching uh, someone at a party and how to start a conversation Mm -hmm. with anyone. And Oh my God, just the way you talked about like not have not like shutting down the conversation, but keeping these questions kind of open ended and you take these different, I don't know, you called them tracks or buckets or something. Threads. Threads. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Threads, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so you had different threads going. And so there were all these options for them to interact with you. And I just, uh, I think that I have failed at that so many times. And I was like, oh, my God, especially like in my line of work, I was like, I need to memorize that. Like, there's just all these little things that we can capture. So I love that you're putting those out. Those are super valuable. Yeah, you're you're definitely a fantastic conversationalist. But ironically enough, like on my channel, there's a lot of people 
that have lower social skills that want to learn, but there's a lot of people that are very advanced and really want to get to the elite level, a, a high-level car salesman or a high-level corporate salesman for SaaS company. Like little nuances, you know, all salespeople are usually very social, but these little things are important. But like you said, most people can sense and feel things socially, but they wouldn't be able to articulate why. So like, why, why do I that's, hate? I, that's what I saw in your videos. Right, and that's what I try to do because yeah. you can't, the only way you can learn by feel is experience. Most people don't want to go out, you know, four nights a week for 20 years like I do, just interacting with people <laughs> nonstop. But if you can articulate, well, maybe it's because your shoulders are square to them and they felt intimidated and couldn't even take in what you're saying, little things like that. Yeah. But people would know they feel intimidated, but they wouldn't know why. And so people go out and they beat their heads with terrible uh, reactions from people. But I, tr- I strive my channel to be able to articulate why people feel the way they do. Because then when they hear that, oh, you know what? When I go up to people, sometimes I do square up directly. And I do notice it kind of changes the conversation. Then they can pinpoint it and improve it. If you just go up and know people give you a bad reaction, how do you improve that? You just don't want to go up to people. Yeah. Oh, God, it's like a golf swing. Got like <laughs> 25 things to think about that are like, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah but, but it does make a difference. And um, I think... The body language and all just these little little things that we can think about affect our charisma. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Who's the most charismatic people you know? Like, who are some of the, like, who do you look up to? Like, and, and like maybe like even like big figures that that speak to you on a charisma level. A charisma level. Who is like you know? It, it, I'm putting you on the spot. There's so many different types of charisma, and I think that's like a kind of. Um, enlightening for people because a lot of people think of charisma and they think you have to be this huge personality like Tony Robbins right like I'm very naturally out- outgoing he's great right <laughs> and I'm very naturally outgoing yeah. but you can be introverted and still have charisma so the fact that there's like who's a guy What's like okay. Iron Man uh, Robert Downey Jr. yeah he's not necessarily a super flamboyant outgoing guy but he's very charismatic super right? charismatic he's kind of quirky mm-hmm. but he's kind of quiet he's a little more quiet he's not Tony Robbins that's for sure mm-hmm. So I think it's important for people to realize a lot of times people think of these guys like Tony Robbins as charismatic and they try to be them and that's not their natural personality. But you can be personality, you can be charismatic as an introvert. You just need to learn what you need to communicate to be so. So maybe it's like figuring out your own flow state and being the most natural version of yourself with these tips and tricks or whatever it is. Absolutely. But it's, there's not one way. I like that a lot. There's not one way. No. There's never one way for anything. Why would there be for this? Good point. It's a double-edged sword, (laughs) though, because you don't want to be something you're not, but then a lot of people use that as a crutch to be like, oh, that's not me. I wouldn't speak with a confident tonality, and that's not a good mentality to have either. No. So you want to be who you are and be true to what's important to you, your morals, your character, but you got to be open to trying things that are going to feel unnatural. Because the first time at Starbucks, you say, hey, good morning to you. Well, you know, I'd like a drip coffee. When was that brewed? And that's not, it's going to feel awkward. You're like, oh, that's not me. Well, it can't. That's a, that's, a, that's a behavior that you can learn. Once you get that positive reaction, it's going to become you, right? Yeah. The tone of voice you use is not you. But a lot of times people, it, it's, it's hard to try things that you said make you vulnerable. So it's easier to not try to use a strong tone of voice because it's not you. you know. And it, it's kind of like, the culture's like, yeah, you should just be you. Just be a quiet person that everyone forgets for the rest of your life. No. Try some new things. Try it on. See if it fits. They always like to use that analogy. Try on the vocal power. Yeah. Try it a different tonality. And if you like the reaction you get, then you can say, okay, that doesn't necessarily feel right after you tried it for two weeks. But not, oh, that's just not me. You know what? That's just underneath that is just fear. 
man. Yeah, exactly. It's, just, it's, just it's a way to rationalize fear yep. that you get cultural support because it sounds so good. I'm not going to be something that I'm not. Well, no, you shouldn't be, but that doesn't forgive you from not trying to improve. Right. And people are comfortable there. I mean, it's just, yes. I'm like, oh, everything else, like, it's just when you get down to it is like, there's just fear laying yep. there. Yep. yep. We're wired to not want to do those kind of things, but those are the things that can move the most improvement, uh, move the needle the most for improvement in our life. I love that. Yes. All right. We are about out of time. That was is quick. There, I know. It goes by so quick. Is there anything else that you'd like to add before we, before we end? I think from an overall perspective, I'd like people to think about the idea that people treat you the way that you think you should be treated. So in all your subcommunication, if you next time you go into an interaction where you truly feel like maybe you're at a concert and you're behind the stage with the artist or like you're with a boss – Notice how your communication and all your subcommunication changes versus when you're with someone who maybe is a subordinate of you or a kid. How does your communication change? And strive to level those out because you're basically telling people who you think are higher status than you to treat you worse. It's not their fault. It's like, oh, these people are always mean to me. You're basically telling them to be mean to you because all of your communication is saying, be mean, this guy doesn't think he's your status. This guy thinks he's lower than you. It's not their fault. That's what you're telling them to do. So realize you dictate the way that people treat you. Beautiful. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Baron Cruz. Baron Cruz. It was so much fun. Thank you so much. Uh, find him at the Charisma Matrix. I will put all your links down below. And I know I pointed like it's right, right here. here. Like right floor. here. They're right here on the floor. Uh, I will put all your links down below. And uh, you can find him on YouTube. Definitely check out all your videos because I've, I mean, like just the ones I watched, I feel like I got so much out of. So. Awesome. Thank Appreciate you. That. I know. It's great. So thank you so much for doing this. Great. Thanks for having me. Yes, ma'am. You ready to get aft? Oh, I mean, <laughs> aren't I? Aren't I? Always ready. Oh, same here. In dire uh, need of a good aft. I- <laughs> Seriously, me too. Oh, I'm just going to put one up that says, aft me, please, just aft <laughs> me. We're talking about affirmations if you're just I joining know. us. <laughs> Um, yep, we are. Uh, let's get aft. So we are spending space in charisma Mm -hmm. this week, which I'm pretty fascinated just by the general concept of charisma. Like it's so intangible thing, right? So, um, anyway, you told me that you looked up the definition. I did, but before I I read it, I want to hear what like how did this come up for you or why is it something you've been thinking about? I met our guest and he specializes in a charisma channel and I thought I want to talk about charisma I really like it I'm fascinated by it and by people who have that charisma mm. you you know you have it you think I have charisma I think so thanks I don't know I don't know yeah well defined it is an adjective I mean I've worked on it so I would say that, you know, and I do like I am with people a lot and I am, you know, I can talk to people Mm -hmm. and look at them in the eye and listen. And I think those are big components of it. And I'm good at those things. Yeah. And I I do enjoy engaging with people. And I think that that's a big thing. So, yeah, yeah. you may. I mean, I I understand the working on it, but it has just become part of who you are and it's part of your authentic self. I hope so. So, yeah. Fabulous. So it's something like I think that's with anything is we work on it. Mm -hmm. Same thing with affirmations, right? Mm -hmm. We make a conscious effort. We practice. It's something that we want to employ in our lives. Mm-hmm. And then it just is who we are. 
I guess so. You know, they say that there's certain people that you hear that they just have this natural, amazing charisma, mm-hmm. like Bill Clinton. Mm. I always heard, like, back in the day that, like, when he talked to you, you just thought you were the only person in the room, and it was extremely yeah. charming and extremely charismatic. And uh, I, hadn't, I hadn't really encountered anyone like that until um, in the 90s I met Johnny Cochran in person. Mm-hmm. You know, he was OJ's attorney. Yeah. And... Uh, I was on my honeymoon in Jamaica and he was there. We walked by him and I was like, I think that was Johnny Cochran. And it was, this was in like 98 or so 99. And, uh, my husband at the time was like, what? No, no. You know? And I don't know how I recognized him in a t-shirt and you know, his, his bathing suit. Yeah. And so later we were like, sure enough it was. And so we said hi and ended up meeting him and his wife. Utterly charismatic. Like I can see why he would win any case absolutely charming on the spot and i was like holy cow i, I love johnny Cochran!" like i was like what wait, wait what what's happening right now <laughs> you know like when you're just like i like you yeah you know it's just this weird okay so i would so all right let me read the definition and then i want to go back to okay to that um so it's an adjective and exercising a compelling charm which inspires devotion in Hold others up. it's an adjective it's not a noun well, charismatic. Oh, charismatic. Oh, right. Hang okay. on. Let me go You're to charismatic. Sorry. Charisma. I was like. Oh, charismatic. You can read charismatic. I don't mind. Um, well, charisma is different. Okay. A noun. Compelling okay. attractiveness or charm that can inspire devotion in others. Mm. So I don't love the use of the word attractiveness in the definition. I don't like the word charm. Um, <laughs> and what I thought was interesting about Clinton or Johnny Cochran or people who have charisma that we are drawn to or whatnot, are they good people? Well, not necessarily because they say a lot of cult leaders, you know, I I mean, like charisma, there's a negative Mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. Like Johnny Cochran being a lawyer. Right. Right. So charismatic lawyers who defend criminals uh, and, and get them off from a crime they committed. For sure. Good for you for having charisma but also bad for society because there's a bad man back on the streets. Right. But, it seems like, I mean, like the kind of thing people can use, you know. Yeah. So is it authentic? Is it real? And is it genuine? Yes. That the caring and the listening, is it a tactic? Is it something that is just a practice for them? Um, you know, like when you are charismatic, you I know you care about me, right? Yeah. When you listen, like I know that I also know you. So for people who just meet you, um, I imagine that they would feel that it is authentic. But when you're a politician or, um, an, uh, you know, your occupation or, um, you know, someone in the public eye, is the charisma real or is it an act? Yeah, I, I don't. And does it matter? Does it matter? Or or does the act become real? I don't, you know, like, uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. We're going to need an expert. <laughs> well, but yeah, I, I agree with that. I don't I don't know. That's it's that's part of what's fascinating about it, like yeah. that we can get fooled or we can wonder if it's authentic or people think that it is authentic. I mean, you know, maybe it's super subjective. Who freaking knows? Yeah, no, I, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and something I, I wrote down before thinking about um, uh, enchantment, and I don't know if that was in one of the definitions that I that I saw, but that was interesting, right? Like somebody yeah. with charisma isn't enchanting. Yeah, like yeah. an enchantress mm-hmm. or somebody that casts a spell. Is that yeah. kind of what that is when it's enchant Ooh, when you're yes. enchanted? It's like casting a spell a little bit. Yeah, I like that. And the inspiring. I do and I don't, right? Uh, yeah. Like, the, I mean, you the, know, I like to think you have sorry. some free will. 
<laughs> sure, but people, um, and and that's what's really interesting is when people f- so easily follow along mm-hmm. um, to others. It's like, oh, what? Like someone who has like a cult leader, yeah. And people get get enchanted. Oh, big time and I'm, entrapped. Yeah, um, and it is bad news. I'm ex- it doesn't usually end well. You know, um, I'm, um, I'm extremely fascinated by cults. I do a lot of studying. Of cults. Uh, but it happens. And so this people then think, like, what happens to their free will to walk away? Mm-hmm. You know, it's that's that's a whole other. Well, it know. is. And sometimes they like someone else being in control. Yes. You know, like yeah. that's a that's a conscious choice to just take that away and just like life's so much easier when somebody just tells you what to do all the time. Yeah. I and then it. the uh, word inspire, I think, was in one of the definitions as well. And so if we're. You know, maybe like the Oprah side of, of yes, charisma. Yes, mm-hmm. like inspiring people to make changes, positive changes, or to think about things differently, or to take action. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, against injustice, things like that. That's all good stuff on the charisma side, for sure. Yeah, that's what I'm going for, for sure. When I study it, you know, I, I don't even know what my main goal of studying it is. I think it's just to be a better person to just to be well I was gonna say to be more charismatic and like but why do I want to do that why do I watch to be liked is it it probably listen it probably is to be liked I think there's definitely if I'm if I'm really gonna go there and talk about I think probably it is about being liked and about um but then again also it's about making people feel good because when you do hear about somebody that's charismatic they are the type that is uh, oftentimes humble a little bit, you know, or at least the channel that I study, there's mm-hmm. there's like an element of that. Uh, he puts it in the context of, on Charisma and Command, he puts it in the context of like um, movies or uh, famous people a lot. So like um, Chris Hemsworth, mm. you know, he'll, he'll, he has like one that's about him and just how he treats others and how appealing that is. And like just little tips about, like being that type of person. So, yeah. So, so that gets me thinking is the, the goodness in the person, um, seen as charisma or are they trying to be charismatic and it's being seen as being a good person, (laughs) like which came first. Right. Um, right. Like it's interesting that you are, maybe it's just natural for some people. Right. Right. So it's interesting to me that you're working on it because it does feel very natural coming from you. Thank you. Well, I just think that there are ways of being with people that are, can always be improved. It's connection. It is connection. You're right. Very much so. And it's listening and it's staying conscious of, of other things. But then there's little things that are actual tactics that, people employ and I remember mm. my for, my second spouse uh, he, um, he he knew a few of those that he'd studied because he worked for the State Department so they would tell them different things you know when you're a diplomat mm. and one was like touch you know a little bit of touch and um, and like how to do that and how that can bring people to you although a little, that's a fine line sure yeah and uh, and just just some things like that you know saying their name mm-hmm. and, and little little things that you can do too. Yeah, and I and I know the importance of that, but I always think of it from a connection standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm kind of just reeling in my head a little bit about about how I'm approaching charisma or just being myself or 
why I why I do the things I do or yeah. interact with people the way that I interact with people. How are we going to ask this? I don't know. It's a tough one, isn't it? Um, well, I had some thoughts before, like I am authentic or I mm-hmm. inspire others. Oh, I inspire others. That makes me feel weird. It well because it's it's putting the onus on us. Like, oh, I'm an inspiration. Excuse me, <laughs> right? Uh, coming through, ins- inspiration coming through. Everyone, get ready. Um, yes, you get are about note- to be inspired. Get your notepads out. Um, but I also think t- to the uh, to the other side of that, like you do inspire others, and I know I inspire you others, do. and that's okay. I think if for us you to said, own that, if you put that in your aff rotation and yeah. were like, I inspire others, I would think that that was a beautiful and amazing thing because you do, and I would like to see you owning it. And and I would say the same for you or for anyone, right? We feel, I feel this real weird about it. I know, but why do you? So why do you feel weird about it? I don't know. I feel a little uncomfortable. I'm moving around in my seat right now. Um, also, um, I don't know, Jill. I just do. No. But maybe that's pushing us. Maybe we should go there. Yeah, I, I think so. Because what's fine? What's wrong with with owning that? Nothing's wrong with it. Yeah. It just can come off arrogant if you know, like. Like you, like the way you, we were just joking. Yes, but I see that's the thing is I think even in charisma, sometimes it can be there's an arrogant component, possibly depending on the person. And so there is not an arrogant component that comes from you. Maybe it's just confidence, you know, like it's confidence versus arrogance, like that yeah. little thing there. Cause you're not going to call Chris Hemsworth arrogant, but, um, no, but he does, he is confident. Lot, yeah. We can call him a lot of things. <laughs> Speaking of come af us. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, oh God, he's so hot. Um, anyway, anyway, it's, I don't know. I'm, I'm pondering a lot. I really hope people are, are thinking these, I, I love the, um, what comes out of these conversations for me. And I hope for others is just thinking, and just questioning and just kind of having all these different thoughts like, oh, well, this or maybe that or whatever, because it's really fascinating. Yeah, it is really fascinating. And, thinking and we about, don't have to have a hard and fast thought. Mm-mm, we don't. But just to ask the questions and why we do the things we do yeah. or why we're attracted to someone that we are, too, is a good question, too, when they could just be just a natural charmer, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I like am feeling so confused. Okay, well, you know I'm what? okay with that. I'm good with that. Well, it inspires me, so you might as well say, <laughs> I inspire others. Sure. Yeah, there you go. Okay, I think we're going to settle on that. I inspire others. Mm-hmm. Have you done that one before? I, there's part of me that thinks possibly. I um, think so, too. I feel like not I've, a confirmed notion. <laughs> I, I feel like I've seen it in your decks before, but I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm picturing it for some reason, but I don't know. It might have been... A situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Could have been in the stick with it deck. Maybe. Maybe. So, all right. Well, that's what we're doing. Yeah. I inspire others. Does it, do you feel good? I think, I, I do. Okay. I think we need to own that. And for, for folks listening, like, it's not going to be always in the ways that we think we inspire others, Mm-mm. right? The way that Oprah inspires or the way that Brene Brown inspires or, um, you know, <sighs> Bill Clinton. I'm I'm trying to think of really prominent figures yeah. who inspire Michelle Obama. People. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it doesn't always have to be in that really grandiose way. Mm-hmm. You know, like you inspire me to to just rock my life, even just a little bit different. 
oh, good. than than I normally would. You right? inspire me to even say things like this that make me uncomfortable, but I know that I need to believe them because they're true. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. So mm-hmm. I would encourage us to think about the way this, that we might be inspiring others that can't be seen necessarily. And it's not on a billboard and it's not, you know, that's right. In this major way, mm-hmm. but little ways that we exist, inspire others. Beautiful. All right. That's it. We're out of time too. Okay. Perfect. A plus. All right. I inspire others. <laughs> Good. Say I it have, again. I have issues. I inspire others. Okay. Say it like you mean it. I inspire others. There you go. Uh. <laughs> Oh my no, God. minus we minus need to unpack the hell out of this or something. <laughs> this is a therapy session waiting to happen. Yeah, thank you, Jill. Oh, Again, go after yourself. Follow, go after yourself. Follow Jill at stickwithit.co uh, everywhere. All right, thanks, Jill. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so here I am with you, Bijou Finney. We're going to talk about this week charisma. Tell me what you've been thinking about charisma. So, um, I think there's two things in life that I wish that I could kind of just pass a magic wand over myself and be more of. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of them is charismatic because there are some people that I know that are just so amazingly charismatic and they just really connect with people and how they act makes people just so enthralled with them. Who? Well, so I was, well, there's people that you don't know that I wrote notes of in Uh my phone um, that I was kind of like a little bit jealous of. And then Allie, the one that we met recently, she's fantastic. Um, One of my old professors, there's just like people in my mind that I can think of over the years that just had that thing about them. And I think you call that thing charisma. Yeah. What it's like, I mean, like that's what I've struggled with this whole episode. It's like kind of a nebulous yeah. thing that it's hard to define what it is and it can go either way positive or negative and uh, that's like I mean and we want it I know you don't want to desperately be seeming like you're trying to be it yeah <laughs> I don't know how to naturally get that but like the other thing was humor like I, I love funny people and I just want to be more funny but um, there's just, I see how people's brains work. Like there's this actor that we work with that in between takes of what we do is just cracking hilarious jokes that you can tell his brain took time to compose wow. in this situation. What and a skill. I know. And that's why I wanted to do improv with you because I do want to be that person that elevates people's energy and makes them laugh. But um, the type of charismatic people that I do like are the funny ones like Allie like we met her within five minutes we were laughing she was just being so energetic but not too energetic like she was just that really good wholesome version of charismatic that I want yes um I like to use the word wholesome in there because it is and uh, and backing up to that actor you know like there's a thing about it that is I think I like that you brought improv into it because it's not about like being lost in your own thoughts about um, what am I going to say next? But it's about the yes and quality. And like, I think my friend Knack has a, a certain charisma and a charm to him. And he's very engaging and can almost say anything to anyone. And it's funny. Mm-hmm. And people like him and like it. And 
I've noticed, so I've tried to pay attention to what he does. And it is that like improv yes and. Mm-hmm. So he's listening and he takes whatever we're talking about and, and he just keeps running it. with it. Yes. Yeah. And like that, there's something about that. You know, you know, that's so funny. When you bring him up, it kind of clicks in my head because I've always thought like people called my grandfather a lion because he was always just like very stable in who he is, observant, and then would like come in with something impactful. And I've always kind of thought of Knack like that. Like he is this like lion-esque type person that's just sitting there ready to like pounce every now and again with like a zinger that I absolutely adore about him. Mm -hmm. But I feel like Allie's a little bit like that too, just a little bit more playful. So I don't know. I think it's like this... Um, comfortability in your own skin that this is here I know this is cool but then I'm gonna like bring in what you're saying and make it better or something like that I think it is and there's just that whole listening element to it which Mm -hmm. in business that is the like I don't know I don't want to say number one but it's damn high up there it's really important. So recently in the Entrepreneurs Network, I'm like on the board and we get the new people that want to join and we have to interview them to see if they're going to be a good fit for the, the group. And um, we've been really good about diversifying to make sure that there's like a really wide skill set. No one's competing with each other. But this guy is like new and he has the same business as me. And he was so charismatic that everybody <laughs> at the end of the meeting was like, oh, I love him. Let's have him join. And I was like, uh, if he sold any of the things that y'all sold, you would be singing a different tune, first of all. But second of all, I couldn't really deny it because he was just so charismatic. And he obviously does sales for his own company. And I was just like, just made me feel so not charismatic. Because mm-hmm. there's some days I can't turn on the charm. Like, no matter how hard I try, I'm just like not into it. And that whole thing of turning on the charm is hard, too, because I know I know in the things I do, you know, I have times where I really have to really engage and really stay on it, especially if I'm like getting paid to be at an event or whatever it is, you know, and I want to, but it can be kind of tiring, you know, Mm -hmm. at least for me. Maybe Uh, there's people that naturally do it. But yeah, um, I'm (sighs) glad to hear that you're tired because I always wonder how you do it. Like you're one of those people that I always think about comes in, pays attention to what people are saying makes everybody laugh, has oh, this God, energy. Thank, what? Thank you. What? Thank you, you know that about yourself. Uh, but I, I always it, just thought it came naturally and it wasn't exhausting <laughs> to it, you. Uh, it's been, I think it's something that I've had to work at, you know, like to get to a place where I am consciously listening because it's easy to get wrapped up in your head like, oh, well, this guy's so charismatic, you know, mm-hmm. or like whatever it is. It's easy to get wrapped up in your head or maybe you're not feeling great or maybe, uh, you know, you're thinking about that text that somebody just sent you or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just it's just a matter. I think it's just a matter of growing and staying in the moment. Yeah. So I think the importance of charismatic people is that they really do bring up the energy in the room. Mm -hmm. Um, So I noticed like when I see somebody that is charismatic and is getting people to talk and interact with them before they showed up it wasn't exactly that energy um and then also it when you're like that you attract that kind of energy so when I walked in today and I was sitting at the security guard's desk waiting for you um 
I walked in with a smile and he was like, you must be here for Amy Edwards. Everyone that comes in for Amy Edwards is always just like coming in with a smile, says hi, goes to the seat and waits for her to come like they're trained or something. (laughs) And I was like, I bet, I bet everybody that comes to the CAV is really like happy and nice. And he was like, yeah, I've never seen anybody look sad. So she must be really cool. Oh my God. Wow. But that's the thing, right? Is that you're bringing in cool people because you've been out in the world meeting them and you're like, hey, I want to talk to you. So you're having a more enriched life because of that rather than the people that are just like, I'm going to be tired and I'm going to sit here and I'm not going to converse with anyone because I'm going to give myself that. Mm -hmm. You're like, no, I'm out here. I'm going to make friends. And you never know what's going to come out of that. You sure don't. So that's really cool. Thanks for saying that. That made my heart feel all warm and fuzzy. (laughs) Um, Do you think living high vibe or trying to is naturally charismatic? Because yes. I mean, that's what you and I are constantly going for with all our brain stuff, with mm-hmm. all that. Like, we're trying to get there. You think yeah. that charisma's maybe a natural byproduct? Yeah, I think there's a spectrum, right? So high energy and like happiness and lightness can, can be something that is achieved with proper um, self-care, self-love, health, um, sleep, energy. You know what I mean? So you can like bring that to the table if you try. But then there's like another level of charismatic that is like you said, you have to exercise your brain into thinking, listening, adding to, and then delivering in a beautiful way back. Yeah. And that is like something I aspire to do. So I can show up here and I can be happy go lucky. And like someone said to me recently, I miss your, and then they like explained what they thought my energy was like. And it sounded like a little dog, like a little yappy dog. <laughs> and I was like, I, I, I miss petting you behind yeah, your ears. I and- miss your like, <laughs> and I was just like, oh, um, thank you. Uh, and it didn't really make me feel that good. But I was like, okay, I'm obviously at this level of the spectrum of high energy. And I'm glad that I can at least bring high energy. But I want to be like, up in the upper echelons where I'm like a Doberman or something and I'm just like I'm here and I'm awesome and I'm bringing something to the table and I'm not just like bouncing around like a little Pomeranian. No! You're like an Egyptian I don't know one of those Afghan? Dogs. Whatever. You're not a dog at all. Why are we doing this? Um, yeah. I wouldn't know what to make of that either. Yeah. I mean I know she meant well but I all yeah. I could hear was like little dog yeah huh that's interesting too that you put it and then i i was thinking about like people i've known that um maybe are pretty high vibe but don't have that charisma thing nailed down that's i we've definitely seen that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i can think of someone in particular who almost comes across charismatic but then maybe doesn't you know and it's just like so yeah i guess it does require this certain set of skill set like yeah, that makes total sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, it's definitely something I aspire to do. It fascinates me. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you see it in action, you're like, yep, there it is. Now, what is it? You know, there's been like a couple times in my life that I remember it happening. Like one time I was at this boat party and there was only like eight people on the boat and they're all older than me. And I was like kind of worried about how, what I would bring to the table conversation wise. And they all knew each other really well and had traveled with each other. And so they were having these conversations. And for like the first hour, I just sat back and I listened and I kind of figured out who each person's personality was. And then I 
brought something to the table and within an hour I was making everyone laugh and everyone was staring at me and like <laughs> paying attention to me and they were saying how great I was and I was like whoa like but there's only been a few times that that has happened and I think that it's like a matter of taking the time to build the confidence and wherewithal to understand to read the room to bring something to the table that seems authentic and um, I don't know what I tapped into at the, any of those given moments, but I need to do that more. And I think that when you're in those moments, too, we can almost, or maybe it's in a business setting, almost self-sabotage because yeah. of our own beliefs. So I think we have to stay really conscious of that. Like, mm-hmm. oh, wait, everything's I'm great now. I'm not that great. Everybody take it down a take notch. Get you know? easy. Yeah. Cal- yeah. Get, calm down. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, and then they're going to read that and be like, oh, okay, you're not so great. You know? <laughs> We don't want that either. Well, and I think it's like this perfect storm has to happen because they were really like um, doting, like really like, oh, you're fantastic. And oh, that was so hilarious. And it kind of like built my um, esteem a little bit more Mm -hmm. uh, when otherwise sometimes you'll guess if you're if you're really making them laugh that hard or if you're really like adding something to the table. So I don't know. I think at first before you build that sense of security you need a little bit of a, a group that's going to, I guess, make you feel good about what you're doing. Yeah, and just like have a foundation of mm-hmm. of that um, confidence, I mm-hmm. guess, because uh, you're not going to be able to capture that or deal with it when people say the nice things if you don't have that level of confidence, especially so in your business. Too. I want to ask you, because you've brought your confidence to your business, to your social life. Like, How did you build such great confidence? See, that's, I feel like I'm still working on it. Um, and I think that it's been um, all the habits that I've done over time and just trying really hard to keep it in check and like take the things people say, not, not self-deprecate. I, I'm against self-deprecation and because uh, we hear that. And I think that that affects our confidence. So I don't self-deprecate. I accept the compliment. It's hard sometimes. You forget sometimes. Like, oh, no, no. But then you just say thank you, you know? And then I, I really do try to listen to them and what they're saying and say something back that's genuine, mm-hmm. you know, and, like, mean it. And so I guess I just think of it as, like, because I'm an insecure person in a lot of ways, you know, that I'm constantly, you know that better than anybody else, that I'm working on that. But, um, but at the same time, I'm just constantly trying to continue to put it out there and believe in myself and keep going, you know, and not, not let the, let the punches get to me or whatever. So Mm -hmm. does that kind of answer the question? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the more you push out of your comfort zone, the easier it gets. I mean, which I'm constantly doing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, they say that the, the people that master or something or are on are masters of something always say that they haven't reached it yet, that they're always working on it. Um, I am, uh, but I really am. <laughs> and, and and vulnerability is a big thing too, you know, yeah. like Brene Brown is constantly talking about that and that is it. It's about, you know, bending and not breaking rather than bending till you snap mm-hmm. and, uh, and just allowing yourself to be vulnerable and be like, I think I, I'm just getting older and I have an understanding that everybody has these things within them and, it, you know, we're all like vulnerable and if we're just some just aren't showing it so i'm i'm more i tend more to to push it with people and get real pretty fast yeah and i think you're right yeah like yesterday i was talking to some contractors and i've worked with them before and you always i always want to show up like 
I know what I'm doing. I'm here. Like, I'm the boss. But just to make them feel better about, like, the production. But then when I realized that whenever I was actually strong enough to be vulnerable about something and share something, that's when they actually really started liking me more. And I was like, oh, like, it's so much strength in being vulnerable because then it doesn't look like you're cocky or you think you're amazing. It's like... Hey, I'm human. Let's let our humans talk to each other. That's exactly what I've been doing too. I've been doing that so much, even just texting someone. I'm like, I take a moment and I think about what I'm going to write. And then I'm like, is that really the truth? And then I really show up and say something really honest about how I'm feeling in that moment. And you know what? It feels so good. And like, I just own it in the best way possible. And then like things move forward in a much more positive direction, no matter what that is. And mm-hmm. like, maybe that's just part of, of Christmas, just being really real about and in tune with those things, you know, and being able to be vulnerable in those moments. Yeah. Who knew this was going to lead to vulnerability? (laughs) Who knew? (laughs) Uh, Bijou Finney, thank you so much. Anything you want to add before we go? Mm, No. Okay. Well, thank you so much again for our as yet to be titled segment. Oh, it's going to be so yeah. good. If anyone has any ideas, please submit. Send them our way. Yeah. That's right. And you can find Bijou, of course, at velvetcartel.com or at Story by Style, Story X Style on Instagram. Follow her. And um, yeah, thanks again. Yeah. Okay, there's a resource roundup of what we covered on my blog at amyedwards.com slash blog with some references from today. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you to our guest, Baron Cruz. Remember, he is at The Charisma Matrix on YouTube or Instagram or via podcast or at charismamatrix.com. He has some wonderful resources there and programs too. Thank you also to Jill. Find her at stickwithit.co or on Instagram at stickwithit.co. And thank you to Bijou. Find her at velvetcartel.com or on Instagram at storybystyle, storyxstyle. And let's remember what Barron said. You dictate the way that people treat you. Whether it's believing you inspire others or the nuances he talked about in our interactions or the vibes and confidence and humor Bijou and I touched on, ultimately we're the masters of how we're treated. And we can do the work to break out of thought loops or insecurity or fear or the comfort zone or whatever it is that's holding us back to be bigger and be more charismatic, and be memorable, and be treated as such. All right, if you'd like to share your thoughts with me, I'd love to hear them. So write to me, amy at amyedwards.com. Don't forget, please rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Totally matters. Share with a friend, please, too, if you feel called, if you're like, oh, that one thing reminded me of Sharon. Go send it to her. Absolutely. Also, find me on Instagram at RealAmyEdwards. If you comment, I always try to reply. I'm easy to find. And my Rock Your Life newsletter is coming soon, so sign up on my blog to stay up to date. That's amyedwards.com slash blog. And I just want to say thank you so much for listening. This has been Rock Your Life with Amy Edwards. Peace and love, y'all. Until next time. Bye.